Hello, and welcome to another Health Essentials Podcast. I'm John Horton, your host. It's often said that people wear stress across their faces, but in truth, signs of stress can appear anywhere on your body as eczema. Dry, red, and itchy skin is often a byproduct of stressful times. And once eczema flares up, well, that irritation can lead to even more stress and anxiety. It's truly a vicious cycle. Today, we're going to look at why this happens and, better yet, how you can stop it. Joining us is dermatologist Gauri Kabor, one of the many experts at Cleveland Clinic who pop into our weekly podcast to help you live a little healthier. Now, let's see what we can do to scratch eczema off of your worry list. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Kabor. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by to chat. Thank you, John. I'm excited to be here. So when it comes to eczema, uh, everyone's first thought centers on how uncomfortable it makes you feel and just stopping that itch. Uh, but there are also some real and potentially serious health co concerns connected to the condition, right? Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, eczema, while it is common, it, it's, it can be a complex skin condition, it's a combination of an overactive immune system, changes to normal skin bacteria, and issues with the skin barrier. So because of those, um, patients who have bad eczema can have increased risk for serious skin infections like fungal, bacterial, and viral infections. So it's important to treat it when it does come about so that they don't suffer with those infections. Wow. I mean, that that's serious enough to almost make you forget about all that itching. Um, but, but since we know people don't, um, let's jump right into what folks can do to kind of treat their eczema at home uh, and, and, and stop that itch. Uh, starting with uh, colloidal oatmeal, uh, what is the magic of using uh, what sounds like a breakfast option? Well, you know, aside from being nutritious in the morning, um, it actually has been used for a really long time, even like in the ancient Egyptian times for skincare. Um, it helps relieve inflammation, itching, it can regulate skin pH. It's almost a prebiotic in a way, and it can provide skin barrier protection. Um, it has some natural vitamin E in it, which is an antioxidant, so it really can help with sun damage and also skin aging and inflammation. Um, so it's really excellent as a treatment option um, for eczema. And it can be found in like bath form. So like there's like colloidal oatmeal baths that you can buy from the store, cleansers, and of course, lotions and creams. It's hard to believe it's been around that long, but I guess if something works, people find it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's a reason it's stuck around for so long. So another at-home treatment option, uh, bleach baths really caught my eye because it sounds like something that you just shouldn't do. Um, so how does bleach bath, uh, a bleach bath work and, and is it safe? Well, thank you for bringing that up because that's actually something I feel really passionate about. Um, you know, bleach baths have been around for decades and they've been used for various skin conditions, but there's actually very good evidence for its use in eczema and it's championed by a lot of dermatologists and pediatric dermatologists. Um, as a safe, effective at-home method that can help control eczema. Um, it's important to know the amount of bleach that we're talking about is really little. Um, think about the like concentration of a chlorinated swimming pool. That's kind of what we're aiming at. So it's really safe when used in low concentrations and high dilutions, um, but it's been proven to reduce itch in atopic dermatitis patients, 
Um, and initially we thought that it helped reduce bacteria on the skin, but we think it actually helps regulate the skin microbiome. And that's why patients get so much relief when they do the treatment. Um, it can vary how much you use based on, you know, uh, the size of a person or if it's a child or a baby. Um, about a quarter cup of plain bleach into a full bathtub two to three times a week and soaking in it for about 10 minutes can really make a big difference. It is one of those things that you hear it and it just, it doesn't sound right, but yet it, it sounds like it really does work. Yeah, it can. And I, I think that uh, it's important to also choose the right kind of product. You know, a lot of t uh, the things in the grocery store and the, in the, um, the stores have like splash free or color slate safe additives to the bleach. We want to avoid those because that can actually increase irritation in the skin. But um, the very plain sodium hypochlorite bleach works really well. Um, and, you know, if you're nervous about using that, there are uh, sodium hypochlorite body washes that you can purchase. Um, so you just use it like a normal body wash in the shower. But I think dilute bleach is making a comeback. It's like in cosmetic products now. So, you know, I, I don't think you've heard the last of it. Well, and since you had mentioned, like, if you are a little intimidated by doing it, uh, I also saw where apple cider vinegar is another option people can use that's a little, maybe a little less caustic than bleach, but it can still get the job done. Yeah, there there are some reports of its use. In general, I prefer the dilute white vinegar more than the apple cider vinegar. There are some studies that show that it didn't really alter the skin microbiome and help with the skin integrity. Um, and there was a study that showed really no difference in you know, patients who are treated with dilute apple cider vinegar and water. So it's not my favorite because sometimes it can cause irritation and, you know, not all apple cider vinegar is created equal. You know, there's different types of sediment and the distillation process can be different. You know, I think if you are leaning towards something like vinegar, you'd be better off using something like a white vinegar. Well, since we're already in the kitchen here, let's look at some other things. And uh, I saw where raw coconut oil is also recommended for it. Um, is that is that really a thing? Uh, yeah, it actually is. Uh, you know, coconut oil is excellent. You know, it's antimicrobial. It has anti-inflammatory properties. It's high in some of those good fats that we need to maintain our skin barrier. Um, so like raw virgin coconut oil can be used as a moisturizer in patients who have atopic dermatitis. Um, it's actually been tested in like preemie infants um, and actually can help with transepidermal water loss. Well, wow. if you can use it on infants, it's got to be pretty gentle and, um, and, and on, on your skin. Yeah, it's pretty safe. Um, another one that's really um, that has good evidence is sunflower seed oil. Um, it's been tested quite a bit. Uh, you know, there's a lot of published literature on it, and it has a high percentage of the fatty acid that's actually found in our skin barrier. So it really can help maintain the skin barrier and reduce inflammation. And that's also been tested in infants and children and works well as a moisturizer. I got to tell you, this conversation is seeming very similar to uh, what I usually talk about with our dietitians. So <laughs> we're, we're all over uh, all over the kitchen. Um, but I know we've touched on, on a few of those items from the cupboard and a couple cleaning solutions. Uh, so let's actually shift over just to the, to the medicine cabinet and Vaseline. Um, that's a, an old school solution. Um, I'm assuming that it still remains a, a solid go-to item. You're definitely right, John. Vaseline is, you know, probably our workhorse in dermatology. Um, it's very safe. It's very affordable. 
Um, and it's an excellent skin emollient. So it really just helps seal in moisture in the skin. Um, and it works great for patients with eczema. Uh, you know, the biggest complaint we get about it is that it's a little greasy, yes. <laughs> which you know, makes sense. Um, you know, it, you know, things that can be helpful to, um, improve that greasiness is some patients can actually put it on while they're still in the shower. Like if you keep, wow. the, if you keep the tub with you in the shower, so while your skin is still wet, you take the Vaseline, put it on, it'll be a lot easier to rub in and then just towel off like normal. So it kind of gets rid of some of the excess greasiness, but you know, it's still on the skin and providing that moisturization. That's a great tip. I would have never thought to, uh, to do that. Yeah. Think of it as like an in shower kind of moisturizer in a way. That's fabulous. Um, so, so what else can, can people use, uh, to try to deal with their eczema at home? You know, I think an important thing, um, to avoid is anything that has excessive fragrance, you know, patients who have eczema, atopic dermatitis, they're very sensitive to different triggers, you know, that can be environmental triggers, you know, fragrances, essential oils, um, all of that can sometimes cause irritation and flare the eczema. Um, so I usually recommend sticking to fragrance-free products. You know, that includes like avoiding fragrance in your detergent and your personal care products. Um, you know, other things that you can do is also like try to avoid super hot showers or like going to a sauna or like a really hot jacuzzi tub because that hot water really can dry out your skin, especially if you're not moisturizing immediately afterwards. Um, so it's really important to try to stick to more lukewarm showers so that your skin doesn't get too dry. Um, you could also uh, try to avoid, you know, anything that's scratchy, like wool clothing that can cause irritation just externally. Um, so sticking to like cotton fabrics that are more breathable can help reduce flares of the eczema. Uh, we all have that one shirt that just makes you itch. Exactly. <laughs> so, so trust your instincts with that, huh? Mm -hmm, definitely. Let, let's talk about some eczema remedies uh, that people might want to think twice about using. Uh, you know, we all see these products out there and, and, and they're just, you know, you're, you're so tempted. Uh, what's not worth uh, the time and effort? Well, I touched on one. I think essential oils can sometimes actually worsen the problem in some cases. You know, these are really highly concentrated you know, natural products or botanicals. And sometimes at that concentration level, it's not good for the skin. You know, it can cause issues with the skin barrier and then flare up the eczema. Um, you know, I think other things to avoid are um, anti-itch sprays because sometimes the aerosol in the spray can irritate the skin. Um, you know, topical anti-itch creams like Benadryl sometimes can have ingredients that can cause irritation. Um, so I, I usually try to recommend avoiding those in general. Um, you know, evening primrose oil, I think, has been reported to be used just to help as like a calming treatment, but there's really not great evidence for that. Um, another thing that's more natural is olive oil. I think that it's really gained in popularity recently as like um, a skincare ingredient. However, I really wouldn't recommend it in patients who have eczema. There are some studies that have shown decreased skin barrier function in patients with eczema who are using olive oil. Um, it doesn't really have an antibacterial effect like coconut oil, um, and it can actually cause a fungal rash called malathesia oh, wow. in some patients. So I would rec recommend keeping that more in your diet 
uh, and off your skin. <laughs> With a lot of these that you just mentioned, is it that they irritate the skin or do people actually have like allergic reactions to, to these products? No, it can kind of be a bit of both. And, and that can sometimes be hard to, um, you know, separate. You know, patients who have eczema are more prone to developing allergies, whether that's contact allergies or, you know, internal allergies. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that their allergy is causing a skin reaction. Um, however, there there is a little bit of an association there. It sounds like they just go hand in hand a bit. They they can in some ways. So I think in general, it's best to try to avoid irritants of all kinds and really just stick to a simple, gentle skincare regimen um, that won't flare up the rash. Now, now eczema can happen to, to anyone at any age, but it is far more common in the kiddos. So do you have any tips for parents to help children get through a serious case of the itchies? Yeah, that's a great question, you know, because it can be really tough in kids, especially when they're scratching and you, know, you can't really tell a kid not to scratch. They won't understand. Um, but some things that can be helpful is making sure that their nails are trimmed short because sharp, long nails can actually cause tears in the skin that can ke- then increase risk for infections and flares of eczema. Uh, it's also best to try to distract them. So if you see them scratching, you know, give them something to do or try to stimulate their, their mind in a different direction so it take, they take their mind off of the itching. Um, Skin protection is, of course, important because, you know, children's skin is still fragile, um, you know, and their immune systems aren't fully developed yet. So you definitely want to make sure you're using a good moisturizer after bathing, putting it on everywhere, um, and then trying to avoid things that can irritate the skin. So that bubble bath and bath bomb that you buy from the mall can maybe make the skin worse and may not be appropriate for a young child. Oh, Mr. Bubble causing problems. So (laughs) what about, I mean, if you are seeing uh, an eczema breakout and and things like that, should you check for for food allergies or things like that to see if if there's an underlying cause? So so that's a great point to bring up. Like I said before, patients who have eczema may have higher likelihood of having food allergies, but having a food allergy itself doesn't always manifest as a skin rash. So I think it can be a kind of a slippery slope if you start eliminating a lot of foods out of a kid's diet without knowing for sure, and that can affect their nutrition and growth. So if you're unsure about whether your child has a food allergy, I would work with your pediatrician or an allergist to try to figure out a safe way to check um, and to do an elimination diet to see if that is indeed something they're dealing with. But you know, from what we know about eczema, it isn't caused by food intake. It's a completely separate process. You're right. With the kids, it is so hard. Uh, we had three, and I still remember putting socks on their hands when they had stuff, so that way they couldn't really get those nails in <laughs> in on that skin. Yeah, definitely, because they, they can really go to town <laughs> if they have a little chance. <laughs> So we've covered a lot of ground here, Dr. Kabor, uh, but is there anything that we missed or, or something you'd like to add about dealing with eczema? I would say that, you know, eczema can be a really difficult thing to deal with, especially in young kids because of the itching and, you know, the external rash that's present that can sometimes make it hard for them in social interactions. So if this is something that's affecting their physical health, mental health, you know, I would, I would encourage, um, 
parents and, and patients who have eczema to seek care because we do have a lot of excellent treatments for eczema, both prescription and non-prescription as we discussed today. Um, so there are methods that you know can help control this issue so that it doesn't affect the day, your day-to-day life as much. Hey, that's great advice, Dr. Gabor. So thank you very much for stopping by today and I uh, look forward to having you back on. Yeah, thank you, John. Stress can leave its mark on your body in numerous ways, including eczema breakouts on your skin. If you're feeling overwhelmed and experiencing skin rashes, take steps to de-stress and address your emotional needs. With any luck, your skin issues will melt away along with that stress. If you liked what you heard today, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment to share your thoughts. Till next time, be well. Thank you for listening to Health Essentials, brought to you by Cleveland Clinic and Cleveland Clinic Children's. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or visit clevelandclinic.org slash H-E podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician.